0: I don't do it as much now, but when I was little and I had a book to read, often I would skip to the end of the book to see how it turned out before I'd read everything in between. And, uh, but now I don't, I don't do that as much. But in a way, it was a different way of reading a book. It's kind of like rereading a book without having read it the first time because you're attentive to signs. The way in which you read the book is colored by the things you know are going to happen. Only once did I do it in reverse. And that was when I was reading Agatha Christie's The Murder on the Orient Express. Because at the end, the mystery was solved by something that I didn't remember ever occurring in the book. And, in fact, it was solved by something that we could not have known simply by reading the book. Hercule Poirot had a clue that was not available because it was not mentioned. Now, I like Agatha Christie, but I still uh, have a little bit of a spot where I'm not so happy with her for there. She could have easily, gifted as she was, snuck it in. But at any rate, that's kind of how the season of Advent is. We know the end of the story. We know how things are going to turn out. And so as we begin this season of Advent, we know where things are going to lead. They're going to lead in two directions. The first, and for the majority of Advent, they will lead us to recognize what happens to us at the end of time. When Jesus returns in the Second Coming, and calls us home to salvation. We know, in an immediate sense, it will end with the celebration of Christmas, when we recall the power of the Incarnation and God's tremendous gift to save us by sending His Son, Jesus, to suffer and to die for us. We know the end. And the end indeed is glorious, as we hear in the first reading. All kinds of amazing things will be true when the kingdom of God is fully realized. But the second reading offers us an important warning. We received the way in which we are to conduct ourselves from God the Father. There is an expected way of life for those who have accepted the salvation of Jesus. It's not just a willy-nilly do whatever you want. In fact, there is some concern on the part of Jesus at the very end of today's gospel that tells us sometimes what can happen. We can get in a rut. Our hearts can become drowsy. Things can become so familiar that we don't really keep seeking for God's presence in our lives. We can know the end of the story in such a way that we don't pay much attention to the story of our lives as it's unfolding. That's what Advent is really supposed to be about. It's about a recognition that we need to stand ready so that the very difficult things mentioned in the Gospel of Luke won't catch us like a trap. We'll be ready. We will not be afraid because we will know the Lord Jesus who comes to us at the end of time. We will have cultivated a relationship with him. We will have recognized what God in his mercy has done for us. We will see the fulfillment of our long-anticipated hopes. So, what do we do during this season of Advent to keep our hearts from getting drowsy? Well, first of all, most parishes, I suspect this one as well, have communal penance services. At some point, we will have to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of time. At some point, we will need or we will be called out for those sinful things we have done. Confession is the way to heal our relationship with God and the church. It is a way for us to speak those things that we have chosen to do that are not of God, so that we might receive the grace that we do not deserve. Another way, a simple way, actually, is if you're a family with young kids, perhaps every night at dinner, you simply say a little prayer on an Advent wreath. Or maybe you say a little prayer before you open the calendar. Unless, of course, you have a child like me that opened a lot of the calendar dates so that by the third day of Advent, I was already at Christmas. But that can be a way just simply to help us to recognize how it is God is present in our lives and what it is God is doing in our life and how it is that God wants a deeper relationship with us because God loves us more than we can possibly know or imagine. Maybe during this season of Advent, you take just a little bit of time to read the, um, the readings, the daily Mass readings. One thing you'll discover if you do so is that we like the prophet Isaiah a whole lot for the season of Advent. We hear from him a lot. About our expectations, about our hopes, and about the ways in which we did not always live up to our expectations. I noticed as I came in, there, is, uh, there are reflection books for the season of Advent, and maybe you take one of those. The goal of our prayer is simply to cause us to step back a little bit to see more clearly where it is that Jesus is active in our lives or wants to be active. Lastly, there is a very uh, important, uh, I don't know, not important isn't the right word. There's a, there's a very common expression that I've seen on bumper stickers and in other places Jesus is coming, look busy. The spiritual life is actually the opposite. Jesus is coming, rest in his presence. The season of Advent is a time where we rest in the presence of the Lord so that when he comes again, we will be ready to run out to meet him with excitement and joy because he is the author of our salvation.